Jacksonville Jaguars, Cleveland Browns, Thursday, 1 o'clock in Cleveland. A lot of storylines here, a lot of questions about who's in, who's out. We're going to try to break it down the best we can here. Tony Wiggins, Jeff Lloyd, a crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lockdown Browns, Lockdown Jaguars starts now. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns and Lockdown Jaguars crossover Thursday. Your host, Jeff Floyd, your host, Tony Wiggins. We appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns, Lockdown Jaguars your first listen every day. And if you ain't part of the everyday crowd, we'll get on a bus, Gus, and make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Browns YouTube channel. And of course, the Lockdown Jaguars YouTube channel show is always available, always free. Wherever you get your podcasts, Crossover Thursday is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Tony, this game, and look, when we get late into the NFL season, these are always the biggest question marks getting through the week. It's not so much about the X's and the O's, it's the Billy's and the Joe's. Who's actually going to play? Uh, Jacksonville coming off a Monday night game, um, and obviously one that did not go the best way for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But a loss is a loss. Question is, left tackle, quarterback, corner, wide receiver. It was losing the game was one thing, Tony, but the Jags and certainly us Browns fans understand it because we've been through it a lot this year. The injuries piled up and they piled up pretty quickly Monday night. They did. And thanks for uh, us doing this together. It's been a little while since I talked to you, Jeff, but uh, Trevor Lawrence obviously is the big story, high ankle sprain, but a high ankle sprain with uh, he maintains stability. So they're actually pushing him. He's doing well. He walked around without a boot on yesterday with no noticeable limp, and uh, that doesn't mean I think he's going to play, though. I don't. I think they're going to err on the side of caution and prepare with C.J. Beathard and then have uh, Trevor come back next week. Uh, the uh, the rest of them you talked about, Christian Kirk's out. Christian Kirk's got to have a surgery to replace a core injury. He has a core injury issue. Uh, but they're thinking that maybe if they make a deep run to the playoffs, he could come back towards the end of it. Uh, other guys didn't practice. Walker Little didn't practice. Um, Tyson Campbell, I, I believe, was limited. And uh, you're right, man. They they got the injury bug. It, it bit them. It, you know, they had gotten healthy, and and now uh, with the injury bug biting them. Trevor Lawrence obviously is the big one. Christian Kirk is bigger than people think, but they actually do have the bodies and they have the names and they have the people to be able to overcome that because they can move some people around a little bit. But he's just been so valuable to Trevor Lawrence the last two years. He's going to be missed as well. They just got to figure out a different way how to do it. And I know you guys know more than anybody how to adjust when you have injuries. Yeah, I mean, the line of, you know, there's more basically, you know, more than one way to skin a cat. And that's certainly been the MO for the Cleveland Browns this year. Normally, when a team is on their fourth starting quarterback, you're talking about a team that is, you know, working towards drafting in the top five, not certainly fighting for a playoff spot like All the right. Browns currently are right now. For the Browns, health wise, it, it looks like they are actually getting some good news. The last couple of weeks, the Browns have had to play cornerbacks two, three, 
five and six. Denzel Ward back at practice yesterday. Uh, rookie nickelback Cameron Mitchell back at practice yesterday after a month away with a hamstring injury. So that gets the Browns to a one, two, three, four. And even though the Browns defense has underachieved the last couple of weeks without Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett, look, what we know is Miles Garrett is limited. That's all we know. We don't really know any more. But even still, a player of Miles Ilk just being on the field should cause enough, obviously, from the offense to have to know where he is on every single rep. My thinking is some of the other guys just didn't step up. This has been a defense that was really, really solid the entire year, and everybody was making plays. So we can't have the woe is me, Denzel Ward is out, because your other two cornerbacks are a former first-round pick and a former top 100 pick. So I don't want to hear all that, of course. And Miles being dinged up. Well, other guys have stepped up this year. They just really haven't stepped up the last couple of weeks. So that has certainly been interesting. But for you guys, obviously, look, you say Calvin Ridley, you say Zay Jones, obviously the rookie out of Penn State found a way to really, really contribute. And that's the kind of guy that people fall in love with, the scrappy, hardworking guy who didn't come in with much fanfare. Those are the guys that always get loved by every type of fan base. Now, the one thing here, Tony, and this is where it is tricky, obviously, for you guys with Jacksonville is, you know, trying to contend within the AFC overall, but also trying to make sure you still win the AFC South because you got two teams clicking at your heels. The Colts just aren't going away. And you know, kudos to me because this is one. I really thought the Texans would be good and be good quickly. Home run hire of a head coach. Great addition of them. Obviously, quarterback, defensive end, two impact players. But also, you get that coach in there. That is a guy that people want to go play for. Everybody knows the reputation from his days with the 49ers. So for Jacksonville, it's a tough spot here because if you're still trying to play for the AFC, you'd like Trevor to play this week. If you're still trying to play for the AFC South, which obviously gets you to the dance, which is the key to it all, maybe the best thing is to just say, hey, Trevor, look, the weather, and this is one thing I did mention to Tony before, the weather in Cleveland doesn't look like it's going to be that great. It's not going to be significantly cold, but it's going to be a sloppy field. It's going to be windy, which certainly, you know, Injured or not, this would have been the best matchup for Jacksonville coming from the confines of South Florida. It's coming to, obviously, Cleveland here. So the weather, this does become one more factor for a Browns team that has played really, really well at home. Yeah, this was, uh, on the schedule, even when once the season started to take shape and the Jaguars were doing really well, I pointed to this game and I said, NFL formula, uh, that's a game where you got to watch yourself because – uh, it's going to be funky. The weather's all – I've been in Cleveland several times uh, back in the day. The, the weather's going to be funky this time of year. And then they, they the, the manner in which they play defensively, they, they're very, very stout. And, uh, of course, even this is without Nick Chubb, that they still can play behind their offensive line even with a backup quarterback. So always a tough game, even tougher now uh, considering the situation with the Jaguars and their injuries. You're, you're absolutely right. The thing about the AFC South is this. The Jaguars can go three and two in the next five games. And the only way they don't win the division, if one of those other teams wins out. So the fact that those teams actually have to play each other, that's one loss. And mm -hmm. so you think about, you know, maybe if, you know, we can get another loss some kind of way. Um, but Jacksonville just, it's me versus me. They just have to figure out a way to handle their business and, and, and win three of these next five. Well, and also, look, the Cleveland Browns still have the Houston Texans on the schedule. So maybe if it don't work out for you this week, right, they can right, put right. A, little, a little gift under your tree and take care of Houston for you. And actually, it's been funny here because the Jacksonville Jaguars have been kind of integral here 
as far as the AFC North, obviously Bengals last week, of course, Cleveland Browns this week, uh, still got a, yep. Well, actually, yeah. Tussle, of course, actually Baltimore Ravens already played the Steelers. So Jacksonville, very, very key here, obviously within the AFC North as well. There are certainly some matchups here. Obviously, you know, the Browns might get healthier at the cornerback position, Jaguars wide receivers. We're going to break all that down. Jeff Lloyd, Tony Wiggins crossover Thursday, locked on Browns, locked on Jags stick around. When you are hiring for your small business, Tony knows this and I knows this, you want as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professional for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. The key for small businesses, you don't have a lot of employees, so you need to hit home runs. You cannot strike out. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just lost a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Crossover Thursday continues. Jeff Lloyd, Tony Wiggins, host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, host of the Locked On Browns podcast, breaking it down. Obviously, early in the week, each day in the NFL this time of year is critical. You need to know who's in, who's I don't even care what goes on at practice. I just want to know who, who did what and if they did anything and they weren't over there on the tour de Berea on the bicycles. So, Tony, but with the matchups here and you know for the Jaguars, this team is really really found themselves starting towards the end of last season, that run talk about that playoff game against the chargers that shows where a team becomes a whole bunch of talented individuals becomes a team. There are some similarities here though, obviously pass rush wise, the Jaguars go deep like the Browns do, which becomes such a key here in the NFL, the Browns, it doesn't look like Jedrick Wills is going to practice this week, which means they will be starting Technically, their fifth offensive tackle, Gerard Christian, at left tackle. He has played the last four weeks. He's held up pretty well, but this is a really, really nice, dynamic, young passing group, uh, pass rushing group that the Jaguars have. Yeah, man. I, you know, they've done really, really well. They've exceeded expectations. Josh Allen playing on a fifth-year option is an MVP, defensive player of the year candidate, actually. And uh, just Trayvon, past Miles Garrett and Sacks. Yep. Yeah. And Trayvon Walker is 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 way better than people give him credit for. And um it, it just takes football people to really recognize that everybody wants to just focus on sacks, which he's up to five sacks this year. Um, and that's more that's twice as many as he had last year. But the things that he does on this defense, uh, he's just a human wrecking ball. And I know folks are stuck on the fact that he wasn't the number one pick but we just got to get over that and just look at it and say is he good he's very very good a very very good football player so uh for me the mat the, the key matchup to watch out for is that's a good one the the trenches from the defensive side of the ball for the jaguars but i'm more worried about their offensive line they the interior of the offensive line particularly from the center to the right guard has not been very very good and uh 
they've been able to collapse the pocket and they've also been able to, to make sure the Jaguars teams have made sure the Jaguars have not been able to run the football effectively. And that's what Doug Peterson wants to do. So um, the key matchups for me are going to be the trenches. And then there's one other caveat. The Jaguars back seven had a bad tackling day uh, or night last Monday. They got to be able to tackle well. Once uh, somebody catches the ball, especially if it's short of the first down marker, you got to get them on the ground and you got to get that team off the field on third down to, to try to control time of possession. So the Jaguars had a double whammy the other night. They couldn't get the uh, Bengals off the field on third down, and then they had a tackling problem that led to them not being able to get them off the field on third down, and the defense wasn't having a great night. So the last thing you want to do is keep the unit on the field that's not doing well, um, and that's exactly what happened. So it was almost a, a case of the cat chasing his tail, and it was all bad, <laughs> and that's what happened the other night. So for me, with all due respect to the Browns, we know about uh, some of their key players that you talked about that are coming back from injury. It's just me versus me. It's us versus us. And if the Jaguars don't come out and do the fundamental things that good football teams do, they're going to come back home with another loss. And it, it, the way you described it was really good because this is something that the Browns have been going through. The Browns, and I kind of equate it to when Mike Tyson went from just beating the daylights of everybody to where Mike Tyson actually had to become a boxer. When the Browns' defense gets three and outs, they're cooking. They go sit on a bench. It's you know maybe five to ten minutes of real time, and they're ready to go, and they're ready to come out again. All of a sudden, when a team starts stringing together the first first down, the second first down, the Browns' defense goes for the kill shot. So when a drive gets to play six, play seven, all of a sudden, the little things start going away, and this is how you start getting jet sweeps being successful. Somebody's trying to blow the play back, you know, up in the backfield, as opposed to, well, you were outside contained, man, so you didn't knock him down and lose seven yards. Now they just got seven yards, change of 14 yards. The Browns, the discipline has kind of gone away the last couple of weeks. Um I, Jim Schwartz, he got to figure this is something that, you know, he's not foolish enough to, you know, it's not see going on and it's going to be something that's going to be paramount to him because one of the things that they've always liked and regardless of who was here with this team with Miles Garrett is it's not that Miles Garrett freelances because Miles Garrett, as his career has gone on, has become a very, very, you know, technical player and does his assignment, but they love to have a very technical edge on the other side because if you think about it, Miles and his athleticism, he's able to pursue from the backside. So as long as the front side defensive end is setting the edge, there's a chance Miles is getting in and getting involved on that. So that has been key. Offensively, it's weird. And you know, again, four quarterbacks. So each week it's like, well, let's see what version of the Browns offense we're going to get this week. Right. Because and, and it's all you can do. I mean, you know, oh, well, they're mobile quarterbacks. Well, Deshaun Watson's different than Dorian Thompson Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson's different than PJ Walker. And then you bring in Joe Flacco, who is, you know, basically different than every single one of them. Now, Joe, it was a great, great debut. And one of the things when we did the crossover last week with the Rams was how, how do you game plan? Okay, Joe Flacco's a quarterback of the Browns. All right. Last start was over a calendar year ago for the New York Jets. Uh, what do I watch? What tape do I watch? You know, they're not going to run rollouts with Joe Flacco. They're not, you know, there's certain things they're just not going to do with Joe. The one thing the Browns were able to do last week, and this is a conversation we've had during the entire Stefanski regime, is the Browns are a team that normally has to get 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives. Um, they can't really throw and get the big chunk plays. The chunk plays they always got were normally by number 24 Nick Chubb. But first week in, you saw right away that Joe still got the big natural arm talent. And there were balls that were caught. Harrison Bryant, Bryant caught one. He didn't catch it. The ball caught him. Ball basically went into the hole in his chest 
his hands just happen to be in the right place. This is something the Browns can do with Joe Flacco. One of the questions here will be, though, Amari Cooper. Um, didn't practice yesterday and in the concussion protocol. Don't know what to take from that, though, because Amari is at the point. And you talk about Christian Kirk's injury. This is something Amari's coming back for this year, coming back from this year. So Wednesday's Amari Cooper's not on the field anyway. So I don't know if he's in the practice portion of the concussion right. protocol or Wednesday was just a normal day off. Uh, so we'll see the way that works. But Elijah Moore did have a nice week last week. Air yards, almost 260, which we've been waiting for this type of breakout from a player like Elijah Moore. Um, he's the most athletic wide receiver they got. He does run a 4-3-5. You know, the Jets misuse him, the Browns. He always seems to be open, but there's mm -hmm. never anything to show for it, which is the craziest thing with a guy like Elijah Moore. But they need him to step up. Uh, Marquise Goodwin will be back this week, finally practicing again. He's been out almost a month with a concussion protocol. Again, a sloppy track, so not the best thing for a guy like Goodwin. But Joe Flacco, the ability to throw the ball vertical, that does have some certainly some appeal to it as you get Goodwin back. David Njoku, but there's been a problem with drops. That's been huge. And it's kind of like it's a, you know, you did it, now I'm going to do it. Everybody right. starts to tense up. The first drop happens for the Browns, then it's this guy. Then it's that guy. And it's like a domino effect that really, really hasn't been going well for this team. Again, wet football, most likely on Sunday. Certainly things that you're going to worry about. And I 100% I, I agree with you. We're talking about two teams here now that you know, obviously certainly control their own destiny, but have gotten to this point because if they do what they're capable of doing, that should lead to W's. And you can kind of see these things right away when it's not working out. And odd for Jacksonville, not playing well at home, playing great on the road. Browns playing very well at home, but you win a game in Baltimore, but you can't win a game in other cities that you should win. So, you know, obviously, you know, some minutiae and craziness to all of that. So it should make for a really good one here. And everybody make sure the everydayers that you're, you know, staying tuned to Tony this week, staying tuned to myself this week. We'll see the way it all works out. Because I love the fact that there's a line in this game. Because it makes me laugh. <laughs> How can there be a line in a game? <laughs> we literally got no idea who's playing in this game yet. So basically, you know, you can tell me there's a spread. It's a pick em. We won't even get to that, though. But we're going to get to uh, some keys to victory. Maybe the next factor or two, look, with injured players, what does that mean? That means there's a door open for somebody else to jump in here. So we're going to talk about that. Jeff Lloyd, Tony Wiggins, Locked On Browns, Locked On Jaguars, crossover Thursday. Stick around. Segment three. I have an extremely cool holiday present gift for you. My mother, she's about to be a great grandmother. My nephew's expecting his first son. Here's the issue though. My nephew lives in Nevada and mom don't travel. So the cool thing about a skylight touchscreen photo frame is my nephew and he, my mom got pictures from the shower. She got all the big, she's gotten all the baby bump pictures. And once her great grandson is born, he can send pictures and it will update. He's already had it preloaded, like I said, with the baby shower pictures. And now she will start to get to see a little bit more of her great grandson. Pretty cool, pretty decent and cool idea for this gift season. And if you, again, if you have something or someone that can't be around as much, and the thing is, is grandparents, they aren't always the most <laughs> savvy so you can handle it yourself regardless of where you live. As a special limited time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash locked on.
you can get $15 off a Skylight Frame at skylightframe.com slash locked on. Locked on Jaguars, locked on Browns, crossover Thursday. Tony Wiggins and Jeff Lloyd in the house. Appreciate all of you who make Locked on Browns, Locked on Jaguars your first listen every single day. The everyday crowd keep on coming out. And the best way to do that is get the reminder by being subscribed to the Locked on Browns YouTube channel. And of course, Locked on Jaguars YouTube channel. I may... I didn't give the name, Tony, but may yeah. I, I may have slipped out an X factor here for the Jaguars, obviously with the loss of Christian Kirk here. But again, some guys go out, somebody's got to step in, and look, it's the NFL. These are good teams. Your reserves are supposed to be able guys who are supposed to be able to contribute when called upon. Parker Washington. Christian Kirk goes out. Parker Washington has six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Rookie out of Penn State. He's not Christian Kirk, but he is Parker Washington, and he does have a, a nice, nice name. Know, nice name too. Yeah, he's a, he's athletic and uh, he's a little bit tougher to, to tackle. So, uh, Ernest Johnson, since uh, Travis Etienne has been in and out a little bit, and they've been giving him a little bit of a rest. Ernest Johnson has been, uh, you guys are familiar. He has been mm-hmm. a very, very capable professional, uh, you know, addition to this team to give them another uh, capable runner. So. That's been very, very good. The key is going to be whether Blake Hans can play left tackle uh, because now they're on their third starting. No, another former Brown. Yeah, man, with Cam Robinson out of there right now and Walker Little ailing, he's going to have to step up. So uh, those those things are critical. The next man up aspect of it is super, super critical. Uh, but once again, with the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's like which team is going to show up. They lose all of their, their important games at home. They have an eight-game road winning streak. That's unreal. That's unheard of in the NFL for a team to win. And uh, I just think that this team plays better when uh, they're hunting as opposed to being the hunter. And and that's a that's a maturity thing that's going to have to – if they're ever going to elevate, they're going to have to get used to playing with people coming at them and, and gunning for them, and they're going to have to be able to give their best effort uh, when that happens. They haven't really learned to do that yet. So um, the, the, the X factors and the keys for me – well, it's pretty, pretty simple, Jeff. It just comes down to which version of the Jacksonville Jaguars comes out there and they're ready to go and they're ready to play. There's something else schematically, too. They really, really struggled against what uh, the term that Doug Peterson used. He didn't use this in the vernacular of them struggling. But early in the year, he calls the defense that that old school 4-3, the base 4-3 that the old school defense. And, and so far, Kansas City, Houston, who they struggled with early and lost to, San Francisco, and now the other night, Cincinnati, guess what they play? Old school. Guess what you guys play? 4-3, basically, or 4-2-5. It was a variation of it, the Jim Schwartz defense. So we got to hope that that's not a problem, that they continue to struggle with that. And then offensively, they struggle with anybody <coughs> that's coached in the Mike Shanahan system. Now, I know it's a little bit uh, lazy to say, well, Kevin Stefanski coached under Gary Kubiak. He did, but he actually – preceded Gary Kubiak for a long mm-hmm. time in Minnesota. But you think that he probably picked something up along the way, and Gary Kubiak is very familiar with the Shanahan offense. If they saw something or they seen something on tape that, that, that had bothered the Jaguars in games, Houston runs the offense, San Francisco runs the offense, and a variation of it is running Cincinnati. If that's a problem schematically, you got to watch out and see if they struggle with the game plan because they're just not prepared or equipped to handle those offenses and defenses. 
It's actually funny that you bring up the Jags and therefore three struggles because for the Browns, it's just the opposite. When the Browns face a three, four team, it's all of a sudden it's all hold up here because this team plays this. And obviously they see it with Baltimore. They see it with Pittsburgh. It's always something they struggle against. Uh, X factor, but this is something that's just going to be key for the Browns. And it should be paramount for any team trying to contend here late in the season is you've got to be able to run the football. Look, you have no control of the weather here. You know, as it gets later, it's always a key thing. Look, if you're trying to close out big, important ball games, that goes down, obviously, onto your running game. And, you know, with four different quarterbacks and with basically a revolving door at times on the offensive line, the running game hasn't been what it's normally been. One thing that's been consistent throughout the entire offense of Kevin Stavansky's regime has been the running game. Certainly Nick Chubb is a factor there, but I don't want to hear it now because there was about a six-week stretch where the Browns were the you know second team in the NFL in rushing, and that did not involve Nick Chubb. So we can't use that excuse anymore. This team has to get back to running the ball with some effectiveness. You can't expect a guy that's almost 39 years old who was on his couch for the first 11 weeks of the season to come in here and just start you know tossing the ball around like Patrick Mahomes. It's just not going to happen. This team needs to get back to doing what they do best. One thing, and I've harped on it at times and mentioned this guy, and then a week in Seattle, they get him 90 total yards. But the problem is, is Pierre Strong is their fa- is the fastest running back they have. And he shows a difference-making ability when he's on the field. Not so great in pass pro, certainly not so great in blitz pickup. So when he's on the field, it does kind of become a tell obviously for the Browns, because if he's on the field, most likely they're just going to give him the ball. That way you don't have to worry about pass pro. That way you don't have to worry about blitz, blitz pickup. But in a game where the weather could be a factor and most likely you're going to run the ball more often than you're going to throw it anyway, having that tell out there might not be a big of a deal, but he gives you something. Jerome Ford, it's been a really nice run, but I think Jerome Ford's in a struggling situation as far as running the ball of saying, there's three yards, let me just go get it. Or there's times where it's let me let this develop, and it could be a seven-yard run. And it's a tough spot for to be him to be in. And even the guard play, which has always been paramount and top-notch for the Browns, it's not been as consistent as it been in years past, which makes it a little more difficult for a younger running back to have faith because sometimes it's not always faith that has been rewarded. So a difficult spot there. Put Pierre Strong out there. Get him on the outside. Hopefully he's the fastest running back they have. You have Kareem Hunt to do the dirty work, that you know, the hammer and nail stuff. That is one of the biggest X factors for this team, and Pierre Strong could be the guy that improves that for the Browns this week. That's about all we got, guys. That is Tony Wiggins. Fantastic job hosting Locked On Jaguars. Tony and I, we've been locked on forever. Uh, we're going to stay here about as long as they're going to keep us around. This is how good they treat us. This is how much we love doing it. Uh, make sure you're following at Shop Talking Wig. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Jaguars YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Browns YouTube channel. We appreciate it everybody for making us your first listen every single day. We will see you all later this week. We will see you all on Sunday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Jacks, Browns, Sunday, one o'clock. Appreciate you all for sticking around.